This is episode 8 of Amplified Marriage. Today we are talking about how to make your marriage last. to another episode of Amplified Marriage. My name is Natalie. And I'm Brian. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, grab a coffee, a tea, a snack, sit down. We're going to have a conversation. We're getting down and dirty. Today we're talking about how to keep the fires going in marriage, making it last. We've had um, some opportunity in the last little while and I've been kind of just keeping up on some of the statistics just about the relationships and the marriage issues that were happening in COVID. And while there's not really a lot of a lot of really concrete stats about things that are happening, even in the research I was doing the last few days, there is some speculation from some law firms around Vancouver and Toronto. And there's a, a Toronto family, family lawyer named Barry Nussbaum in the States, that, or, sorry, in Toronto, that's actually expecting that the country's average is going to exceed 38% this year in divorce rates. Wow. Right? And we're seeing on a monthly basis, he says he keeps tabs on all of the people that make call, and there's like a 20% increase in call volume, probably more um, regarding calls about divorce and, and the preceding separation, separation yeah. and how that's going. And the, one of the things that he says, and I've actually read this in a few places, but there's there's what they're calling the, the triple whammy. They're calling it the financial stress, uh, being at quarantine together and having children at home. Yeah. So th- those are the three things right now that are on the minds of everyone and all the, on the minds of people. And I don't know if you're listening to this, or you're hearing this. We want this podcast today to be an encouragement to you. Yeah. To know that marriage isn't easy. Um, marriage is challenging at the best of times. And if you're real, I think what's happened in quarantine, honestly, is that we, what we're seeing is some of the deficiencies or the, uh, lack of expectations or maybe too high of expectations or the communication styles or the the way people are are arguing or dealing with conflict or even having the kids home. And adding that extra layer. Yeah. Or they're in, a, in an abusive situation. Or you're in an abusive situation. And, this and all this has. Amplifies it. All this amplifies. And all this really quarantine has done and COVID has done still, even though we're, we've been released and things are opening up and it, it's looking a little bit different. Yeah. What this has really done is amplify the, the issues. Yep. It's amplified the emotions. It's amplified. You know, my pastor, he says it like this. He said, you know there's a lot of people that have amplified emotions regarding um, their spouse being at home. It's been really good. And so they're really excited and they're really loving it. But they're also on the other side, there's amplified this other side of the emotions where it's like, man, this is too much. I can't handle them being there. I have to deal with them all day. They're a slob or this, that, and the other thing. And so it's just creating this mass avalanche of issues. And, and people are starting to say, instead of saying, I'm going to work it through. Yeah. They're just saying, you know what? I've had it. I'm finished. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. And the truth is, is that people that say that, I get it. Marriage is really tough, but you just carry those issues and that baggage that you have with that relationship into another one. That's right. And we've, like, I remember early on saying, well, I'm done. (laughs) And you said it to my face. Yeah, several times. And 
couple of years ago, um, I was actually working at Shaw Cable, and I had a friend there that was just about to get married. And she asked me asked this question, and she was really struggling in her relationship with her man at the time. And she asked this question because she had looked at, at Natalie and I's relationship and just how I spoke about Natalie with honor and, and integrity and respect. And she said, I want the same type of thing. And she asked me the question, how do I make the relationship last? And That's a loaded question. It really is a loaded question. Yeah. And even what we've said in our previous podcast, we've said like what we're what we want to offer you in this podcast is encouragement and life giving and And not if, like we're not afraid to talk about anything. The raw things. No. But we want it to be encouraging, but just yeah. realize is that the things that we're offering are foundational truths. What we think are foundational truths. We're yeah. not therapists, we're just people who've had yeah. a really tough marriage. And have really walked through the other side because of therapists and because of people that have stepped into our life and uh, and said, hey, we can help you. There's a better way. That's right. Remembering every person is different. Every marriage dynamic is different. There may be parts that resemble somebody else's marriage, but your marriage is unique to you. Right. And I think remembering that. I remember people saying to us you know, hashtag marriage goals or, or, you know, we want a marriage like you and what they don't see. I mean, they see sort of the end result of what we've walked through, but they have not seen us yeah. on the journey in in the thick, in the raw, in the ugly. In the fights and in, the yeah. swearing and the... They don't see that and, you know, because they were not around for that kind of stuff. And so um, it's kind of like, do you really want that? Like, if you knew, <laughs> if you knew, if I put it out on a timeline, you probably wouldn't want the marriage that we've had. Right. If you had to walk through what we did. Yeah. And, you know, and here's the the truth is that we barely made it out of the first two years. And I think today's podcast, something just kind of fired up in my heart this week when I was just reading some of these stats and talking to some of the couples that we know. And I just, we just kind of want to reiterate some of the things that we've talked about in the last seven episodes. And so, you know, that Natalie, we barely made it out of our first two years. We fought about everything. We slept in the same bed, but that was about it. There was not a lot of sex. There was not a lot of... Of the the fun stuff that everyone thinks married couples do, uh, I worked a long, long hours, and part of the long hours was because I just didn't want to be at home. Because the moment that we got married, everything just kind of took a turn for the worst. Yeah, you disconnected. I disconnected, and I always say this, and she'll disagree probably on the podcast right now. <laughs> but, you know where I'm going with this, but that 90% of it was you. 90%. It's almost <laughs> like we've talked about this before, but 90% of the issues we had in the first four or five years of marriage were because of me, um, because of my poor attitude. Uh, I wasn't physically abusive. I don't even think I was verbally abusive. Um, no. Um, but I was emotionally abusive. Yep. And I was playing with her emotions and, I was doing things that were... And you were, I think, mentally, that whole playing on... Yeah. You, like the mind games and things like that. So that's totally unacceptable to you. It was almost like... And because I was working 16, 17 hours a day, some days, seven yeah. days a week, um, I was gone by seven, wouldn't get home by sometimes nine or 10 or 11 at night, and they'd be gone the next morning by seven. Uh, it had didn't have a great positive effect on our marriage. And I think no. my attitude was I won her... Now I can sit back and chill. Yeah. Like there was no Netflix and chill back then, but I was sitting back and there was no chilling in this relationship. And I think too that there was, there was that and then there was, I've worked all day, so I've earned the right 
to sit on my duff when I get home. <laughs> there may have been some. Yeah, of there. That. <laughs> your face is so red. Yeah, and I like. I honestly, guys, I am so embarrassed by my behavior. Um, in the in the minute, in the moment, I thought I was just. I thought I was right. Um, but I'm so embarrassed now to think back sometimes, and I've learned my lesson, and I've worked my way through it. And I think that for me, embarrassment works as a corrective measure. Well, <laughs> a corrective pride measure. is a killer, right? Pride is a killer. You know, pride becomes a f- before a fall. And pr- I was eating, I was standing up and my pride was just a kicking and I was willing and yeah. it just about crushed us. That's right. And, and I even said, like, I was the problem. And she will say, and I think she does it graciously, be like, no, no, it takes two to tango. Well, it does take two to but disagree. And blah, to... blah. You say that every time. I'm going to fight with you on that one every time because it really was me. I used to, and this is the thing, sweet, sweetie, is that I used to just sweep you off your feet. we talk about this and i bring you chocolate and flowers. And Yes, we, you did. We'd stay. <laughs> and that all stopped. And we stay till early in the morning and we would drink coffee and eating french fries at Perkins. And, yeah. It was and that honeymoon phase of dating relationship, which we dated for two and a half years before we got married. So that, I mean, there was like silly family things in there and family dynamic issues that we had to work through. But as far as you and I went, yeah. like it was all the honeymoon, gushy, gushy, all the I things. I was completely yeah. and wholly Twitter-pated. That's yeah. an old You person. just dated yourself again. I sure did. <laughs> but something that we, we learned even early in the marriage and after we survived the first four or five years, the first two years were rough and then after that it was less rough. But being married means you got to find out how to fall in love over and over again. That's right. Right. It's not and a, it's not, I said, I loved you four years ago. And if it changes, I'll let you know. You've heard that saying before. Yeah. We, we make a point in our marriage to make sure that we say, I love you when I get up in the morning, when we go to sleep, before I go to work, before yeah. I drive away. Cause who knows what can happen throughout the day. That's right. And you know, it's not like we're perfect. And there's been times I've left the house angry still. Yeah as early as like three weeks ago we had an argument and i left uh, left frustrated and mad yep and there was no i love you before i left but we make a point of of saying those things because i don't want ever something say i got hit by a bus i don't want the last things that he heard from me is like you make me so mad and then yeah. that's the last that she remembers of oh me. I that don't would want be that. awful the guilt that would come but at the beginning that. of a relationship i would have been fine with that <laughs> yeah right? well i wouldn't have been in in truth like had that been our situation i would have definitely felt the guilt and the shame for that um another thing that keeps us going is you actually have to talk to each other you have to communicate i know it's not just you know you look great and all but looks fade and (laughs) after a while you better know something right what are you saying (laughs) that hasn't happened yet oh yet like like okay we're gonna have to have a chat See, there's there's still issues, people. You know, like and but you really have to talk to each other. You have to talk to each other, and even when all this happened, we finally got married. And I just kind of shut everything down. Yeah. We asked later, years later, what happened and why did why did that happen? And I really think I was not mature enough. I wasn't ready to be married, even though I said I was. Um, and I didn't know to, how to handle the pressure of being married yeah. and having to deal with another human being. Um, and having to think about their feelings and think about their, what their needs yep. and what your needs were. And it's not just the sexual needs. It's like the needs of, Hey, take out the garbage. Can you help me yeah. clean the house? Do we, yeah. we got to take the car in to get an oil change? 
there we, was no attitude of serving no on either of our parts be, be, but before we were when we were dating there was yeah i was willing to bend over backwards that's true right and so there was just something that happened when we got we got married and i think what we realized is that we the a small part of being in love is just that warm gushy feeling of love mm-hmm. like you hear the berry white in the background talking let's get it on kind right. of attitude and then there was it, no getting anything on. there was no getting anything <laughs> in our case but a big part of love is action yeah and sometimes those actions need to speak louder yeah um than, than words than words do yeah because and for a long time you'd be like oh i love you except that that the way that you're treating me doesn't reflect that right and i think that that recognizing if that's your situation as well recognizing that and talking about it and owning it if that's you yeah yeah but i think that what we're i i don't know i i learned when i was growing up to take responsibility for my actions and then when i got married i wasn't taking responsibility for my actions no and then I came to the place where I realized I had to man up and I had to take responsibility for my actions. And That's so right. even when we're talking about this, I want to say this again. A small part of being in love is about the feeling. A big part of being in love is the action that you you do every single day. Every That's time right. you make a micro decision to love your spouse, to love your children, to work day to day to support yeah. them, to love them and care for them. That is the action that your spouse needs to see. That's right. The foundation for us for making it last absolutely is our relationship with God. Absolutely. Um, Because marriage is hard enough to make work with Jesus being a part of it that (laughs) I can't even imagine what our situation could look like if if he weren't there. Right. And I think what we've learned over the years, if you're a believer and you're a Christ follower and you're listening to this, Something that you've probably been taught a long time is that you you put God in a numbered priority list. Mm-hmm. And what we've learned over the years is that that numbered priority list is so easy to take him from number one and put him in number three because work can be number one yeah. or my spouse can be number one or my job or the church even. Yep. And I'm doing good work at the church, so that's got to be priority. But what we've done is we've moved from a position of being putting God in a number priority list, which is actually limiting to who God really is in our relationship and him be the center of everything that we do. So every, every decision, every part of our life, everything that we do, every thing we do with our kids is Jesus as the center of our our actions and who we're wanting to honor first. Yeah. And making sure that we're spending that time, in relationship with God yeah. on our own as well, right? So um, think of it like a triangle where the top point is God and the two bottom points are the husband and the wife. And the more that you draw closer to the Lord, you um, lessen that gap, right? Yeah. Like if you slide up the sides of a triangle. Um, and that, for us, like that is the absolute foundation of our entire marriage is i mean yes we have to communicate but god being the center of everything that we are and everything that we do uh we could not have survived i don't think right and and so as we've talked about christ is the center there's just a few things that have kind of stuck with us over the last few years 
is that one of the number one is you have to make your marriage a priority. Yeah. It has to be a priority. It can't be below your kids or below your job. And maybe, maybe that's not how you were raised or how you were taught. But I want to say that being your marriage comes before your children. Yep. Uh, they see what's going on. Do you remember when we were just having a rough time and we came down from up north? We came to Kelowna and one of our kids was crying in the back. Yeah, because we were fighting. All we had done that whole trip for like three days was just fight with each other. And I don't know which one of our kids did it. It was the middle one, I think. And he just said in, in a little sweet voice, he's like, all you guys do is fight. Yeah, I think can, he was four. Yeah, and he was like four years old. And it literally stopped made us, us. It yeah. stopped us in our tracks. And we had to reevaluate right there. And we all just started crying in the par- well, parking lot of a Walmart. Yeah. With our kids in the back. And they're crying. And we're crying. And we climbed in the back seat with them. And we said, mom and dad are fine. We're just... We're arguing and we had talked about it later that day and we had not taken any time for each other. No, nope. we hadn't been dating. We hadn't been communicating. We hadn't been praying together or reading the Bible together or just being alone together. Yeah. Sex wasn't even a priority and sex really does tie people together in intimacy. Yeah. And we've talked about it before. You can do without it, but sex is a big part of being intimate. And That's we had, right. We weren't doing any of those things. No. And our kids, like they can feel the tension. And they knew what was happening. Yeah. Right? I think he even said that he was worried that we would get divorced. Oh, he did. And that right there was was what that wrecked me. snapped us out of whatever our funk was. Yeah. And if from there, actually, things really improved. But it took our yeah. kids crying in the back seat of our car in the middle of a Walmart, a 37-degree yep. heat day, well, to kind of snap us out of just being like, hey. Out of the mouths of babes, right? Have to so make don't a discount... If your child's telling you, like, chill or mom. Yeah, someone who's in marriage counseling once said to me, said, Brian, you and your wife are here before your children. So you come before your kids because if we're healthy, if Christ is the center. And And we're healthy, yeah. And we're healthy, our kids are going to see that. And our kids know that we fight, that we disagree, and sometimes heatedly. Um, but they also see that we apologize to each other and then we ask for forgiveness. That's and right. They see it's important for them to see a disagreement. It's important for them to also see the reconciliation. Absolutely. Right. Um, so making God a priority, making your spouse a priority, and then your children. And then the next one is never give up. It sounds, even when I say it out loud, it sounds so cliche. It sounds cliche in a traditional sort of a sense again if you're in an abusive relationship then then please get help this is not never give up and and stay in that kind of a situation this is never give up um in like the we had a tiff or we just are arguing all the time or whatever this is i think it's important to really differentiate between that absolutely and so we're saying just because things are tough and you're going through a tough patch don't give up yeah like and it's hard because when you add, like you had talked about at the beginning, the whole COVID stuff and people are losing their jobs and their businesses and Absolutely. that weighs really heavily. I mean, we're blessed in Canada that um, our prime minister has arranged some government assistance for mm-hmm. that, but that's not everybody's case in whatever country they're in, right? Mm-hmm. So those are real situations and those are real feelings where it feels dire and it feels like you're caged in especially when you're quarantined and so now your spouse is home and you're having to deal with 
maybe rough finances, especially for, I know a few businessmen that are, are, and business women that are entrepreneurs that were relying on contracts and things that were home. We know, we know two photographers yeah. that he's a videographer and she's a photographer that are in a relationship and they, they've had to push back weddings and they've yeah. had to shift things around. And so that's their livelihood and it adds a level of stress on yeah. there and financial stress and is one of the top three things that break up marriages. Yep. Right. And so having the kids at home, if you're not used to having the kids at home or both of you were working yeah. and now both of you are at home with your two or three kids. Yeah. Schooling the kids. I mean, we're with an online school, so that really didn't play a part in, in any sort of day to day stress. But there are people that, you know, we're not used to that at all. And it's crisis schooling and that's stressful. Absolutely. And it's, it's completely, oh, it's completely different when all of these things were forced on you. Yeah, right? exactly. And and so never, never give up. Sounds super cliche and you probably heard it before, but don't give up. I encourage you just find a way to communicate with your partner. Find a way to talk to them to yeah. pray, pray with them pray together. If you're listening to this and you're not a believer, talk to people that you trust and that you love. That's right. And there's nothing wrong with you starting to pray today. If that's pray today right like if if you're in that kind of situation and you're that dire with your relationship yeah. pray and god will answer you and god That's will right. talk to you right um the next one and the last one is be willing to work nothing oh. is more frustrating in the relationship if you're if one or even both are unwilling to work yeah unwilling to work and take responsibility for your actions that's right because i can work really hard at blaming you for everything Woo. can you ever? um you but that that's not productive at all. That's not how we move our marriage forward. Right. And <laughs> and I think you said this to me. You're not a superhero because you did the dishes once. No. <laughs> yeah, I probably did. <laughs> and, and there's 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 things in your relationship. Yeah, I wanted a gold star for that time <laughs> I did the dishes and you just didn't let me. But there's, there's things in your relationship, whatever it is. Like the toilet seat down is a right. real problem for us. The dishes... Uh, the, we have children that do chores now. <laughs> yeah, now. But there's there's things in your relationship that are just a never-ending issue for you. Yeah. Right? And those things you need to work through. And just That's right. And just to patch things up, what we're saying is there's got to be a transformation of your heart regarding how you view your spouse, how That's you right. treat your spouse. Because you can do things like the dishes yeah. or take out the garbage once in a while and think that you're a gold star and or you're a superhero and it's going to be everything now is going to be all hunky dory because you did those two things that you know that she is That's upset right. with you for not doing. Yeah. And you think that that does anything. All you've done is put a, a bandaid on a wound. <laughs> yeah. I think it's important to affirm, um, because you know, I think there's a tendency sometimes where we'll use dishes as an example, where that is something that I do on a daily basis. And then the one time that you do it, you expect an applause and roses and a standing ovation. Yeah, I do. Um, right. And I do them so good. I'll shut up for a second. I'll tell you how well I do dishes. But, um, I think affirming one another goes a long way Absolutely. in making each other, um, a priority and willing and willing to work out those little day-to-day -day things so that they don't pile up into big things. So I want to, I'm going to recap is that right. Christ right. is the center. Absolutely. So Me. it's like step one in our marriage on how we've made it last 19 years, Christ being the center, Christ being the center. 
make your marriage a priority. That's you right. are more, your relationship is more important than your kids. Yeah. And honestly, we can't speak to every relationship. There may be some situations out there that your kids just take priority because of health issues or things like that. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. Make space for each other. Make space for each other. That's right. Never give up. Never give up. Never, never give sur- up. Sur- never, <laughs> never surrender. It's an old Galaxy Quest man Love world. that movie. Never give up. Never surrender. And be willing to work. That's right. And communication. And communication. Communication's just key. Talk your way through it. Talk your way through everything. And here's, here's the thing. Relationships really are tough. Marriages are tough. Arguments are tough. Conflicts are tough. But being uh, in a continued tension in the marriage is draining and exhausting. Exactly. It's really up to you to work those things out. Um, And And you have to want to work them out. And you have to want them to work that out. And I would just say, if you want to work it out, find a way to communicate with your spouse, your partner, boyfriend, your fiance, but find a way to make it work. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions or you have a topic you'd love for us to discuss, please email us at amplifiedmarriage at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. 